0: What is up, my brothers and sisters? I hope your family and loved ones are doing well. Everybody's safe and sound. Got the refrigerator stocked up. Got everything you need during this time. We're all shut in. Appreciate you taking time out of your day to tune in to another episode of the No Disrespect But Podcast. And I think we're in for a dinger because it's something that's affecting our daily lives and, and what we're looking forward to and what we have to look forward to. And just like that intro suggests, let us out, let us out is something we've all been screaming since we've been in quarantine. And trust me, I, I understand. I totally do. I understand that, hey, it's been some beautiful days outside. You want to be able to experience that, you know, go out to your favorite restaurants, go out to the parks. Hang out with your friends and your family. Be able to touch them, love them, all of that good stuff. I mean, we want our sports back. I mean, I'm an avid sports fan. You know, I've made that clear uh, over this time. Love sports, and so for me, it's been a really trying time because hey, there's there's really not much going on to keep me entertained. So for for our people that want our sports back, look, man, you're preaching to the choir. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to put safety first. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk to about. Um, talk to you all about today. I mean, a little bit about COVID nineteen and and how, you know, we want to make sure we're keeping everybody safe, keeping our loved ones safe, keeping people we don't even know um safe when we're out and about going to the grocery store. Um, some places have opened up some businesses, so you know, go and get your haircut, things like that. So, you know. For me, um, I stay in Georgia now, so we opened up about a couple weeks ago, um, late April. We opened up, and in my particular county, you know, we we just started getting tests. So um, I checked an update the other day, and last month we were at about forty-four confirmed cases, one death. Um, RIP to that you know that person that passed away and their loved ones, but. Now, and it's probably increased um, since then, but the last time I looked, we were at 274 and 13 deaths. So we had 230, an increase of 230 confirmed cases and uh, 12 deaths in a month. And so when things like that come to light, you have to think to yourself, hey, look, I understand we got to get some, we got to get business booming and things like that. But is it, is it really safe? Are we holding the best interests of everyone involved, all of our citizens, when we're opening up our economies and opening up our businesses? Because the thing is, I totally understand, we can't let the economy fall. We have to make money. But at the expense of people dying because the hospitals already are kind of undermanned, don't necessarily have the resources in terms of um Medicine, mass and things of that nature. So they're already low on resources. So if we have another spike, which it's predicted to have another spike come fall. If we do have another spike, how will we be able to um, counterattack? How will we be able to defend ourselves against it? And so I think that's the big thing that people aren't really thinking about. I think um, to some degree, they're just thinking about the financial implications of staying quarantined. Um, but we're not really thinking about the health implications and how our doctors and nurses who are now for some reason starting to be acknowledged as heroes, they've always been heroes, didn't need a pandemic uh, to make that known. But either way, what are we doing to keep them safe? Because a lot of people in the medical field, they haven't seen their family in months. And so... Are we just basically putting them at an even higher risk by opening up? You know, our businesses and our economy. And so, um, definitely understand. Hey, you're probably doing more harm to your immune system being stuck inside. Um, because I look, I understand. At one point, at some point, um, we're going to have to deal with this like we deal with the flu, maybe the common cold. Look, you just have to deal with it. Um, but hopefully, we have the medical resources to at least help people who end up getting sick. Especially when it comes to the kids and the elderly uh making sure we can take care of them, and you know you know I mentioned what's going on in Georgia, but even in my native Louisiana, uh the governor he just opened up the state on a conditional basis, and I think he got a lot of pushback early on because. He was refusing uh, to do so while you know some of our other states in the country uh, were doing so. And I think, honestly, um, just backtracking a little bit, I think that was, and you won't hear this a lot from me, but I do think that was a good decision on President Trump's part in terms of allowing each um, state and their governor to determine when they should open up. I think you know, it's really a lose-lose from a president's standpoint, because you can, you can either impose federal government will and just say, hey, on my say-so has been open and be deemed as a tyrant, so to speak. Or you can just say, hey, based on what the individual governors feel is best for their respective states and giving them that authority, then it's like, well, nah, we want you to take control. So I think you um, did the right thing, giving governors the choice and in a sense, I mean, Governors have been getting a lot of the pushback mm-hmm. because in some places they don't feel like they're ready to open, i.e. Georgia. We don't feel like we're ready to open. So the governor got some pushback. Whereas in Louisiana, that uh, that governor, John Bell Edwards, he's getting pushback because, you know, a lot of citizens feel like they are ready to open. And I think I want to say he opened it on a 25 percent basis. And so when it comes to you know, to opening and what we should do and what my, what Trey's opinion is what you should do. You know, y'all remember, some of you can remember during the summertime when, you know, you go outside and play with your friends, but, you know, the AC is running and you'll be ripping and running back in the house. And whether it was mom, dad, grandparents, you know, they'll say, hey, stop running in and out of my house. Like, if you're going to stay inside, stay inside. You're going to stay outside, stay outside. And to that, I mean, I don't mean no disrespect by this, but y'all need to stay your asses inside. I mean, look, I get it. We've been cramped up indoors for so long. I'm I'm as much of an introvert as ever. And even I am struggling with just being in my home 24-7, really no outside contact. So I understand the struggle, even from an introvert's uh, perspective. But... Personally speaking, I just don't think it's safe. There's too much uncertainty surrounding COVID-19 for me personally to feel okay with just going back to normal and going to my favorite restaurants and going to the gym and, and being around some of the friends I've made uh, during my tenure here in Georgia and being able to you know shake their hands, give them a hug, that kind of thing, having people over for lunch and dinner. See, I know I'm not ready for that, and I think... A vast majority of Americans aren't necessarily ready for that. And that's something that we're going to have to deal with slowly but surely. And And I get it. At some point, we have to pull the Band-Aid off and get people out, get people back to working in their offices and their, their job locations as opposed to working remotely from home. I do understand that. But I just think for the betterment of our people there's things about COVID-19 that we have to get answers for how if I get sick how are we going to how am I going to get treated um if someone in my office place we bring everybody back to the office someone in my office place gets it do we have to go back home do we send that person home do we have to just move to a different location these are these are type of concerns I know that I have and I think a lot of Americans have um And it kind of leads me to my next point in terms of bringing back sports. And so, you've seen where the UFC. um, Just kind of thinking about American sports, I know overseas, they've they got a handle on the virus a little bit earlier. So I know the the Premier League, I believe, is coming back and. Uh, Korea they started their baseball league back so I understand some other countries and nations they, they were able to get a quicker handle on COVID so they're perfectly fine with bringing back sports on a conditional basis but without fans and things of that nature but when it comes to us um, I know, you know we still have the WWE uh, going on and they're able um, they were listed as an essential to entertainment and I think they are and so they were able to you know Navigate around these uncertain COVID-19 waters and, you know, allowing their superstars to still compete on national television and some of their pay-per-view events while not having fans in the stadium. And that's great. I think they've done a, a good job with that, um, but I also think they've done well with the amount of contact that their superstars Have with one another. Uh, UFC, they just had their, I think it was UFC 259, I believe. So they just had their big pay per view event. And, you know, it had no fans. And it was really just the fighters and their trainers and a few uh, camera people. And so Dana White, he was able to, you know, get something started. And that was good to see. And I enjoyed it. But I think when we're talking about our bigger sports like baseball and basketball and even football, I think there's a lot more that goes into it, especially, and I'm going to focus more so on basketball right now because basketball is towards the end of its season. Whereas baseball was just starting to begin. Um, I mean, honestly, this is the best thing that can happen to baseball because they can cut some of those damn games. 162 games. That's way too much. In my opinion, Um, I usually watch the postseason anyway. That's pretty much what I can give to baseball and football college, and professional. They haven't really started anything yet, too. So, for the most part, I'm going to start with with basketball and, you know, a lot of players around the league and uh, the owners and the commissioner they've met to kind of discuss whether they should come back or not. And, you know, someone asked me the question uh, yesterday. Uh, actually, uh, one of my friends and, and brother, uh, Zach Scott, who's the um, host of Primetime Thoughts. So, you guys may want to check that podcast out on the Anchor app or on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, um, but he just asked me, Hey, do you think they should bring the NBA back? And my response was no. Um, there's just, to me, there's just too much uncertainty and about around COVID and how it can affect what's going on with professional sports. Because, again, let me emphasize that when the NBA season got canceled. We were in the the final push for the playoffs. So you had so in the Western Conference, you had teams from seed seven to ten, separated by I think at most four four and a half games. So you still had teams that were fighting for a playoff spot. Same thing in the Eastern Conference. So when you think about bringing the season back, okay, are we going to play those twenty plus games over, or are we going to shorten it? Um, or we're gonna do a, a play in tournament to start the the NBA playoffs. So seed seven to ten, you guys play to see who gets the final two spots, which I think would be awesome. Um, but the big thing is trying to figure out okay what happens during the season if someone gets sick. Um, I was watching First Take the other day, and you know they were discussing on I believe Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley uh, two. Hall of Famers, to NBA legends. They said, "Hey, we shouldn't bring the season back. Cut your losses. It's okay because if you bring the season back right now in all this time of uncertainty, whoever wins the NBA championship is going to have an asterisk." And and Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Uh, their response to that they 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 disagreed um, adamantly disagreed because their point was, hey. Look, we've had lockouts before. We've had shortened seasons. We've had champions in those seasons. And no one is looking at those champions, you know, looking with their nose in the air saying, ha, you didn't really earn their championship. No, they're given the same respect. So Spurs in, in 1999, um, the um, the Miami Heat in 2012, they won. Uh, LeBron James won his first championship in the shortened season. And so we, we acknowledge those championships. Um also on that segment on first take was Jay Williams, uh, former Duke Blue Devil, um, was the first, maybe he was the second overall pick in the 2002 NBA draft, tragic uh, motorcycle accident ruined ruin his career. But anyways, uh, he's a, an analyst on ESPN, and he kind of came from a, a player's perspective. And... And where he was coming from was, hey, man, we don't know. It's too much uncertainty around this virus. And, you know, even if we have a vaccine and I know my anti you know, vaccine vaccine crowd is going to get upset with this. But or my vaccine uh, crowd is going to get upset with this. But Jay was saying, hey, who's to say that people are going to want to take that vaccine? We don't we don't know the side effects. We don't know what's in it. We don't know what it can do to the body. Um, we don't know if it's going to be readily available for us because. What's it going to look like if to save face in the NBA playoffs, we're giving athletes the vaccine when there's middle class and poor folks in the nation that need those tests more. And so that's going to be a bad look if we're saying, oh, well, we need to get this money and we need to get these playoffs started and crown a legitimate champion. So we're going to give it to the sports um, or the athletes first. That's a bad look one. Um, But another great point Jay brought up was, hey, when you're talking about an asterisk, you can you can literally and logically have a champion with an asterisk. And his example he gave was, "Hey, what happens if Giannis Attitakupo, who is the front runner for the MVP right now, if and they have the best record in the league, and Milwaukee Bucks have the best record in the NBA, what happens if he gets sick, and then he gets some of his teammates sick? Same way we saw Rudy Gobert uh, with the Utah Jazz." potentially be responsible for getting his teammate donovan mitchell sick so let's say that same scenario happens with the milwaukee bucks in the eastern conference finals then what do we do do we cancel it do we cancel have to cancel the season again do we say hey since the milwaukee bucks can't play this the other team the opposition gets to go gets an automatic bid to the nba finals um if that's the route we have to take then that's highly egregious and unfair because, hey, we play to win the game. Shout out to Herm Edwards. And so if you're just basically passing someone along because you have to have a champion, that person is going to have an asterisk. And this season is going to look like a complete failure because we didn't see everyone at their best because of a pandemic. And so we don't want that. Um, scenario. We don't want that to play out. And so that's the hesitation when it comes to bringing the NBA back. I understand we have TV deals, we have contracts, all of that on the line. And so from an owner and player perspective, they're like, hey, we got to get back to playing games because one, we don't want to have to give back all this money. We We don't want to have to go back to the drawing board and renegotiate with CBA after we've already um, come to some um, agreement and we have, I think they have about two or three years before they have to go back. So they don't want to make that earlier than it has to be. So I totally understand that. Um, but according to sources, a uh, commissioner, NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, even brought up a fair point that says, Hey, if someone gets COVID and the result or the reaction is that we have to cancel the season again, why go back in the first place? And I would have to say I agree with Commissioner Silver 100%. Um, it's like a player with an injury. If you're likely to get hurt again, if you're not 100% or even 90% and you're trying to go out there at 65 70% to play, you are putting yourself at a very high risk of being hurt again and not really being able to help your team win. And so from a league perspective, if we just say, hey, we have to bring this back and some and someone, a few people get sick and you have to cancel again. You've done that for nothing. And that would be a bigger waste of time for the players, the owners, their families and your millions and millions of millions of fans worldwide. Who, by the way, won't be able to be in the stadium. So for a, a season ticket holder like me, who who owns tickets for the Atlanta Hawks. I won't be able to watch. I won't be able to go to the arena and have that experience that I've paid for. And so when we put all of that into play, is it really worth it to bring it back? And I, I don't think so. I think, hey, we cut our losses. NBA cut your losses. Give the season ticket holders like me a dis- or discount. Give us our money back from the 20-plus games that we've missed this current season. And let's put all of our energy to making sure we have a, a plan that when the league starts, I believe the NBA typically starts in October, late October, early November, when that time comes around, we'll be ready. Because what we're approaching on right now is, one, how do we get baseball up and running? It's America's favorite pastime. That's what I've been told. I think it's lessened in popularity, but um, it's still regarded as America's favorite pastime. And so... What are we going to do to get baseball back up and running? Like I said, I'm totally fine with their season being cut because 100 and I think it's 162 games. That is way too many games it's for me. It's way too many games. Um, but I'd rather our politicians, our sports officials, I want to make sure football's back, ladies and gentlemen. I want to make sure football's back. So, and I'm a, I love basketball with a passion. And I like to watch baseball, but football, my college football and my NFL need it. And I'm perfectly fine. I'm not a season ticket holder for either of those sports. So I'm perfectly fine with watching from my couch. But I do want to make sure that the players, the athletes, especially the student athletes, when we're talking about college, because with them, they can't really come back and play football until we're until they're able to be back on campus, because a lot of, you know, commissioners for the conferences, they're like, hey, we're not letting people play sports until they can go back on campus and have classes, normally classes, non-social distance classes where you're trying to put 10 to a room or things like that. Nah, we have to be as close to normal before we bring our student athletes back because it's student first. So you can't Say, okay, one way as a student, you can be on campus, but as an athlete, you can be on campus and share share lockers and share the same practice facility. And, you know, you can't do that. It's too much of a close contact sport to bring that back if we don't have some type of resolve. So coming from trade, I'd rather everyone put all of their focus into making sure college football in the NFL is back and strong and all the players are safe. Are at their safest. And that, as a fan, it would be great if by the time those seasons start, we can be in the stadiums. Um, I know a few teams, they're going to practice social distancing in terms of maybe cutting their tickets and their available seats in half. So, hey, we won't fill it 100%. But we'll at least get some people to come to the games. That's fine. But whatever it takes. So, if you're listening out there and you're one of the people that makes these decisions, Please uh, do whatever it takes uh, to get us back to football. And the same way with students. I mean, my heart goes out to those 2020 grads, um, both in high school and in college, because from a college perspective, who knew that March was going to be the last time you saw your classmates, had had that experience with your classmates and your professors and whatever organizations you may have been in. So it was hard for them and then not being able to really walk across that stage. Um, I know some some universities have been doing the virtual thing and they're planning that come August, September ish to have a walk, a walking ceremony. But if, you know, those seniors, you know, had all the great connections and, and had their grades in place, they're probably working. So the likelihood of them coming back to walk across the stage it's very slim. I think it means a lot to some people. So they'll come back and do that. But I don't think it'll mean a lot to everyone. Um, same with the, the high school grads. I mean, they're coming into a whole new era because they're trying to figure out, OK, I want to go to school for the campus experience. So if I'm not going to that university for the campus experience, maybe I can choose somewhere close to the home or maybe just go to the community college route as opposed to paying all this money to take online classes. Essentially, so um, we have a lot to think about and and we have a lot to learn before, in my opinion, we bring people to the lines then because right now the COVID-19 is the lines and then and basically we're just throwing people out like fresh packs of meat. And so if your state is open, if your city is open, by all means, look, it's a free country. Uh, do as you please. Do as you wish. If you are gonna go out, just make sure you wear your mask because um, you may be asymptomatic. So wear your mask. Try to keep everyone around you safe. Make sure you keep maintain your six feet of distance. Um, make sure you bring your hand sanitizer or your your sanitary wipes, whatever it is. Make sure you're you're keeping yourself safe and keeping those around you safe. Um, but for those like me who are going to stay inside a little bit longer, let that hair grow a little bit out, let that beard grow um, before going to a barbershop or trying to go to the grocery store really early in the morning. So the likelihood of you running into a lot of people is very slim. Um, you know, just keep maintaining your social distance. Still go outside, get you some sunlight, get you some sunlight because, you know, staying inside isn't really doing your immune system any favors either. So, you know, make sure you get your fresh air. Uh, make sure you take this time to spend with your family, get to know them a little bit more for the couples out there. Make sure you know your significant other a little bit more, because I know that this is a really trying time um, for for couples because, hey, you've probably never spent as much time uh, with that with your boyfriend or girlfriend before. So, hey, take that time to get to know them, get to know the real them and see if it's if it's really worth it. And so um, with that. I'll stress one more time, stay your narrow asses inside, but if you choose not to, I love you either way, Um, and with that, look, if I say anything that offends anyone, to me, that's a great thing that gives you an opportunity to educate me, and that's an opportunity for me to learn, all I ask is that you keep it respectful, love y'all, peace.